Joining us, as he does every Tuesday while I've been filling in for Maddie, is John Furbush, the head coach of the Bates men's basketball team. Bobcats are in action tonight. They are hosting University of Maine Farmington at 7 o'clock at Alumni Gymnasium. So make sure you come on out to Alumni Gym and check out this one, one of only two regular season home games remaining uh, for Bates this year. They also are home Monday the 11th against Southern Maine, the game that got rescheduled from November because of weather. But, Coach, obviously you got one NESCAT game left this Friday at Trinity. It's it's a must win. What can you tell us about this past weekend, obviously, a frustrating one against Amherst and Hamilton. What did you learn, you know, on the road I'm not there to see it. What do you observe from your team? There's a reason there's a number in front of both of those teams. Yeah. Uh, they played very, very well. I thought, uh, you know, the Hamilton game, the crazy part was that uh, we turned them over as, you know, as much as we would have liked to. We didn't take advantage of those turnovers, uh, and they actually turned us over quite a bit. And they were, unfortunately, they were unforced. Mm. And so they had a lot of uh, points off turnovers, which has not been something that we've been doing in recent games. So I think that was sort of the difference maker at Hamilton. Uh, and then at Amherst, we played good enough defense to win the game. And the amount of times, you know, when you go back and watch the, the, the film and I hear the, the broadcaster say, wide open coin, wide open Greenhouse, wide open Lynch. And I'm like, man, were we that open? Yeah. And it's so like we got great shots. We just didn't make them. And, and Amherst made, made some, made some tough ones too. So, I think we played good enough from a defensive standpoint to win those games, uh, but we got you're going to have to score more to win in NESCAC, especially in, in late in the season. And we've been talking when, when Allison Montgomery, the head coach of the women's basketball team, is in because they have quite the home-road dichotomy in terms of wins and losses. You don't quite have that on the men's side, but the, the road just seems to be so tough, especially in conference play, especially you're making that trip all the way out to Hamilton, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know how that affects the guys mentally, well, but in terms of the shooting. And then whatever. back all the way back to Hamilton. Yeah, and then back yeah, to Amherst, yeah, right? Yeah, was, yeah. The, yeah, I think that the, the – you know, I go back and forth with this trip because – because it's such a long a long trip you know you I'm trying to think like maybe we should have a practice somewhere in between you know travel out there a little sooner and because I think that when our first uh physical experience on that trip was like at you know six o'clock before we hit at seven like we took almost until seven thirty you know half time to like all right now we're finally loose and 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 so uh you know I, I respect Hamilton for having to do that for a lot of trips right and being nineteen and two um so they got things figured out but yeah I mean the, the Certainly, the, the the bus legs were present in the first half of that game, and and um, you know Hamilton really jumped on us early. Um, and, but we you know we made a run and made it made it respectable at halftime, and then just couldn't couldn't really get get under eight in the second half. So that travel is definitely difficult. The NESCAC standings we were talking about off air, but it's just a whole mess again, isn't it? In terms <laughs> of the tournament coming up. Well, I think you said last week. It you know it, last year was was. Quite, quite a wild event with a five-way tie for first and then a three-way tie for seventh. The only thing we do know right now is that Khan's out. Other than that, everybody's in right. play, and it could be – I mean, we could get anywhere between seven and ten, depending on how we play this weekend. Yeah. Um, and I think at the top, too, it's uh, it's very muddy, and all those teams play each other this weekend. So, um, you know, the one thing we picked up from the Amherst-Hamilton trip is that we can beat anybody. No, We know we got to play a little bit better, but I, I, I didn't feel at any point like we are so – far outmatched they're so superior to us um so the good news is if we can just get into the top eight i think we can beat anybody and obviously we got to play well to do that but um you know i'm not there's been years past where i'm like ooh, there's <laughs> some of these teams are 
yeah. are really, really good. And I think that uh, we're a lot closer than we are far away. And then Trinity, a team that historically you'd kind of struggled against, but last year got a nice breakthrough win against them. So that must be conf- confidence boosting for the guys going into this Friday, right? Yeah, yeah. The good thing that we know about Trinity is that they are so good on defense, especially in their help. So we know exactly where, where they're going to be in their help and uh, have, have put in put some things in place offensively to, to just get us some cleaner looks because, you know, those guys – you know, if they thought Wesleyan and Williams were good defensively, they got another thing coming with Trinity. Mm. Um, now, they're not as a powerhouse on offense, so it's one of those things. If we get to, like, 65, 70 points, I think we can win that game. Um, but getting there is going to be a, a challenge for sure. But these guys know, like you said, having beat them last year, and, you know, they graduated their two best players. Mm. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're, they're a tough, tough game for us, but, you know, a very winnable game at the same time. Um, you know, we've been asking everybody about this, but your thoughts on the Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, man, that was that was great. I, I mean, I, like I think our eyes are are trained now to see like a fifty-five to forty-eight <laughs> game, but I love the fact that it was like a smash-mouth defensive battle and you know, kind of a pillow fight. You know, like just a grind and a grind and grind and and uh, you know, just happy for a guy like Tom Brady to have. You know, was it the sixth ring he's got now? I mean, yeah, he has as many rings personally as any other franchise has in the history of the NFL. Steelers have six, and the Patriots have six, and Brady has all six of those. Yeah, and it took and it took the Steelers thirty five years. Yeah, to get right, right. Yeah. <laughs> when I've been a you know I've been a, a New England fan since I grew up here, but when I was in college at Bates, I saw three Patriots Super Bowls, a Red Sox World Series, and then shortly after graduation, the Celtics championship. So like that stretch where I was here was like, man, like yeah, this is so fantastic. much fun to follow, you know. And it's and it's you know the the Pats have sort of been for two decades now. Uh, a really fun dynasty to follow. I, my daughter, my son texted me after the game, then my daughter called me. They both live in Boston. And uh, my daughter said, I said, so what do you think, going to the parade? She goes, oh, yeah, of course I'm going to the parade. She's been pretty much whatever they've had. She graduated from high school in, in uh, 2002. So she's been down there pretty much, and she's gone to everything. You name it. <laughs> I've gone down to a few. I've been to a Bruins one. I've been to a... A, a, a Patriots one. I went to the Red Sox parade. They're great. They had a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. amazing. It's yeah. amazing. I've never been to a parade. And we're, spo- we're spoiled. We, we oh, really no are. question. Because remember, I've been around a long time. The Patriots are so bad that you, you almost hated to wear a Patriots gear because people say, gee, well, the Patriots. People of, <laughs> of Coach Wing's generation are Giants fans around here. Oh, yeah. It, I was a Giants fan growing okay. up. Because the Skip only Capone's team Capone's a Giants fan. Yeah, the only team. Yeah, the only team that you can get, you could get on TV with the Giants. They were on every Sunday, one o'clock. You know, there were no night games, no Monday, none of that stuff. <laughs> Giants and the Patriots didn't start till 1960. They were the Boston Patriots, but we were all Giants fans. And then uh, you know, kind of start leaning a little bit more towards the New England team. The the issue for me was I was really split because. I, I really like Bill Parcells and Belichick when they were together. I really like, I just like them. And I always liked the coaches because I was a coach. And uh, so I stuck with them. Then they came to the Patriots. <laughs> that was good. My daughter said, you're not going to wear a Jets hat. And I go, well, no, I probably won't get a hat, but I'm going to cheer for them when they don't play the Patriots, you know. <laughs> Even Dallas, she said, no, Dad, you can't stoop that low when Parcells went to Dallas. I said, no, I, I promise I will not cheer for Dallas, but I will check their scores every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't say this was that I was a fan of this team, but growing up, a good childhood friend of mine moved here from Buffalo. And so in like the early 90s, 
I just by association I really followed them and you know obviously like Jim Kelly and Thurman oh, Thomas Andre Reed but we realized the acronym Bills boy I love losing Super Bowls you know yeah like, boy but, isn't that true <laughs> what was it four in a row or yeah five it might have been it was at least four, four or five no, four I believe four in a row but then they were there close another time yeah so, yeah. yeah it was bad <laughs> that's like, gotta be just brutal. that's tough they, that's you know they tough. say they still never won one right no like, they no. say yeah. losing a Super Bowl nobody. There's only been three teams that ever come back and even made it to the Super Bowl, let alone one. Right. And the and the Patriots are the first one since in the early, early year. I mean, a long time. So, yeah, that is so demoralizing. You go all those weeks, because back in the old days, 11 games. But, you know, 11 games or 16 games is now in training camp and the off season, and then to get there and lose. Yeah, that's <laughs> Well, think about like the, the, shins. the Titans back in the day lost at the one yard line. They haven't been back. The Seahawks a few years ago <clears throat> lost at the one yard yeah, line. They haven't been back. <laughs> so yeah, it could be pretty devastating. Yeah, certainly uh, have long term impact. But um, real back, we quickly back to the basketball here because I wanted to ask you about Jeff Spellman because he turned in some terrific performances at least based on the box score over the weekend. I mean, twenty two and then twenty four the next day, right? He was unbelievable. I mean, he's. Uh... He really took the team on his shoulders, and, and I think the biggest thing that he did that you couldn't see on film was that during our timeouts and halftime, he was so vocal and so engaged, and even though he's you know, and only a junior, I think he's, uh, he just took over from a leadership standpoint, and he's one of those kids that he's pretty introverted, but when he talks, everyone listens, and he just got so engaged in the weekend, and, and really during our low points, he just got us juiced up. Um, so I think that yeah, his stats you know, speak for themselves, but I think what he did was he – sort of re-engaged our, our energy, and hopefully that continues this week. But he, I mean, he made some shots, too, that were like, yeah, those are just skill buckets. They weren't, like, product of what we were running. He's also so creative, and it's interesting because he's, like, he's a studio art major. I feel like that almost, like, carries over to basketball with his creativity, it seems like, on the court. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's ve a very creative kid, I yeah. think. Uh, Left brain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's. I mean, uh, right brain, yeah. opposite right brain. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> no he's, idea. Uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> right brain. Yeah, yeah. No, he's an interesting person. He's yeah. a, definitely an interesting person, but a great. I mean, a great basketball player. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking off the air a little bit about you know main high school hoops and the shot clock, and because there was this very low scoring girls basketball game where one team just stalled the whole time. Um, so and Maine does not have a shot clock, and other states don't as well. It's not like there's a universal thing either way. But from a recruiting perspective. You, obviously, you have to factor that in when you hit the road about whether you're not whether you're watching the game with the shot clock or not, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, I think that's something that um, you know having a dialogue with the player and the high school coach prior to going to the game. You know, is this going to be one of those games where you're going to hold the ball once you're up because I don't know if that's going to be worthwhile my time to travel. You know, because we, I really like to see kids, uh, especially with our high school programs, what type of role they have because it's a lot. A lot of times, it's much different than the AAU or the showcase circuit because. Um, you know, there's just some some events we go to where a kid tries to either do way more than they're capable of or they defer to somebody else. But in their high school setting, which is probably more similar, you know, it's more similar to what we do. You know, if you're like the best player on the team, how do you handle that leadership role? You know, how, what are your capabilities? And uh, it'd be hard for me to see that if, if they just play stall ball and, and really don't highlight their uh, skill set. So do you, do you think in recruiting uh... – do you, re do you have to see them in person? I mean, I know technology-wise you can probably get a video of, you know, a streaming of almost anybody that wants to be seen. There, there's something out there. Yeah. How important is it to see them live? Very, very. I mean, uh, of 
in my 11 years, I don't know that it's, there's maybe been one or two guys that I haven't seen live that, and they, and, and those two guys are probably walk-ons that, that I just took because it was like, oh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I think seeing them live is, is way more powerful. And to take that a step further, we run a, a prospect camp on our campus, usually in the fall where not only do we see them live, but we can actually like work them out with other players that we're also recruiting. Oh, um, I didn't know that. And that, yeah, that's, that's like a, a lot of the NESCAC and Ivy League schools run run those type of camps. Because there's so many other things you can't do. Yeah, no, they're, they're, this is like <laughs> that one rule list. where, like, yeah. yeah, you run a camp and you can actually have, you know, prospects in the gym. And so that, for me, really gives me the best sense because we're able to put them in settings where you test their IQ, you test their, their DNA, um, and then you can match up kids if you're having, like, man, we really like to have both these guys, but we can only afford to take one of them. You put them in a setting for a couple hours through the day, like, who comes out on top? And I'm not saying that would sort of be, like, the final stamp of approval, sure. but at the same time, like it's a factor. Yeah, you you came in here, we we matched you up. You didn't play well. Like, how can we not go with the other guy? Um, so I think seeing them live is very very important. Um, you know, and for me, like getting to know the families and who you're getting involved with is also so important. You know, some of the the best conversations I've had with with families is when like a parent goes, you know, do you think my kid's good enough to play for you? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love this family already. Yeah, as opposed really. to like. Hey, my kid's the best shooter in the in New England area. Like, you should recruit him. Like, oh, I appreciate that. I'll give you advice on your investment banking job too. You know, like, come on. We uh, we asked Allison going back to the playing on the road. You know, I think we're all aware of the you know, in your own gym. You you got your spot. You know, you, you you don't even have to look down at the floor. You know where it is. You can feel it around you. This I know I can hit it from here. You have a lot of confidence. And you go on the road. And my example, I think I might even used it when I said to you. First time I played at the Bang Auditorium, there's no backdrop. I take a shot and it didn't hit anything. And I'm thinking, okay, now that's yeah. a little different. Because the coaches probably be yelling at me not to shoot because I wasn't much of a shooter. But uh, so when you go on the road, are there things? I mean, my example was sometimes I take on the team on the road and I want to get there really early, get out, walk the field. This is football. Walk the field, throw the ball around a little bit. You know, other times I wanted to. Put the lowers on. Get there just about in time to hurry up. You keep saying hurry up, hurry up. You know, get them get all wound up and go out to play. You know, it just it was a sense you had for what kind of team you had. Are there different kinds of things you can do when you take that trip to Hamilton? Stop on the way. Uh, find the gym part way. Go shoot some. I don't know. You like, can only yeah. give the Hoosier speech so many times about how the court's the same length. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And measure it. You can measure it. Yeah. Right. Well, I think I, now that I've we've done this a couple years, we've had success there. We've also lost there. So you know, for me now, knowing because they're so much better than they were when the current coach that that's there got there, you know, I would be really inclined to. Um, you know, after classes on Thursday, if we're playing them Friday, go you know travel out there uh, and have a, a, a like a legit shoot around walkthrough during the day on Friday. Since we're going to miss our classes anyways Friday, we might as well get out there and just, you know, again, get not even just get a sense for the gym, but just get like your your cardio, you know, going and just get your blood pumping. I think that that, that was probably part of the problem early in the game. So I think, um, you know, just get uh, moving forward. I think we go out there next year again. I would I would get out there a little sooner and, and have a, an intense like shoot around walkthrough middle of the day. Uh, while Hamilton's in class, and and then be ready to go at seven o'clock that night. Interesting. And then, um, oh yeah, tonight's game, Maine Farmington. What do you know about them? They are good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're ten and one in their league. Okay. I think they're fifteen and six overall. Um, they had, still Dick Meter. Yeah, 
Oh my yeah. God, he's been there <laughs> hundred years. At yeah, least. yeah, he's that and that guy can coach. I, I, I've always said he's he's always maximized his his personnel, but this year and he's got some really good players. His junior class is really really good, uh, and this is like a I would consider sort of a non traditional Farmington team where I think in the past they've been winning games 65-62, 58-55. They're averaging 85 points a game right now, uh, shooting the ball really well, and uh, they're, they're primarily showing a 2-3 zone for most of the game. Mm. Um, you know, keeping the, and He's got like six really good players. I think he just tries to keep them in the game as much as possible out of foul trouble. So, um, you know, we're going to show some zone to them. I think that they have, they've seen a lot of man-to-man, uh, and they get downhill, and they kind of get what they want, but we're going to try to force them out of their comfort zone and that's where we've had success, at least in the last couple of weeks, is forcing teams to do things they don't want to do and hope that we do enough to win that game. And I think uh, it's going to be a really good game. You know, it's not one of those games where, right. you know, and I'm really glad this time of year we have a team like Farmington coming in because you can't have a, we've kind of like, you know, risen and fallen to the level of competition. And tonight they're good. We're going to have to play really good to win. Um, and we were in a dogfight with them last year at their place. I mean, it was not an easy game. Mm. Belichick's made a career out of making you do things you don't want to do. Yeah. I mean, think about it. He he said, no, they're not going to run the ball. We're going to play six men in the line. Everybody went. You would say when he said that, there's no way you can get away with that. He did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm curious. You know, you have Southern Maine coming up, and you don't often have this. It got rescheduled because of weather, but it's after the final NASCAR regular season game. So will, will your in that game, will your strategy in terms of who you play even possibly – differ based on if you're in the NESCAC term or if you're not, because you'll know by that point. Yeah, I've thought about that. Yeah. And and I think uh you know if we're in the if we're in the tournament, there, there's there's two two ideas, right? You know, do you just not Rest. run the risk of getting anybody hurt <laughs> right. in that game? So Rest you have your guys because yeah. the reality is the only you know, the only positive of that game is like for my overall record, right. which I could care less about. Right, right, right. You know, and 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 for the seniors, you know, it, like they want to win, but we have to protect and get ready for the playoffs. And the other part is like, that's a great way to like have a, a better, you know, a better version of practice and, and put some things in place for what we want to do in the weekend. Yeah. But at the same token, that's going to be, you know, they're going to know people are going to watch that game and know what we're doing. So it's like, we can hide what we're doing a little bit. Um, so I've gone back and forth with that. I think that'll be sort of a game time decision yeah. on Sunday. Uh, you know, certainly if we're not into it, not in the playoffs, I mean, you know, I'm going to probably ride my seniors out in that game, let them have fun with it mm-hmm. and, you know, play some guys that, you know, moving forward for next year, let's see what you can do with extended minutes in a game that's still meaningful because I'm still evaluating you. Yeah. Um, well, one guy like that is, you know, Kenny Aruajoy, right? I mean, he's a he's a big man. He's a first year. Nick Lynch is going to graduate. He might need to, he might need to be the guy next year, right? I mean, what do yeah. you see from him as his progress? Uh, he's, I mean, he's he's getting better every minute he plays. I mean, the game is definitely fast for him uh-huh. uh, this weekend. And, and actually, we had a really good conversation. Saturday night we got back late and he came up to the office and I was thinking like oh god you know like you always go worst case scenario when a player wants to meet with you after that road trip yeah and he he just thanked me for the opportunity up to this point this year was just grateful and he said this is the first week and I really like some things clicked and I learned that I I there can't ever be a point where I'm not ready to catch the ball I can't not work hard I think he's had so much success in high school because it was easy he was sure. big and team you know, he was sort of like oh it's kenny we don't want to go at it where everyone now is like we don't care who you are right man. we are coming yeah. after you um so i'm hopeful that these next couple games we see uh, an elevated kenny um and he's he watches so much film he's a student of the game and so these you know tonight especially will be a game where we can probably extend his minutes a little bit and see what he can do 
Uh, but yeah, he's definitely going to be a big piece of our puzzle moving forward. No question. I've always said I think that's a that's one of the big adjustments. You're used to being the big dog, and suddenly you come on campus and you're not, <laughs> and you've got to earn your way all over again. And as an all-stater from some other, I mean, it's it's a shock. Yeah, and for him too, I think. Uh, you know, when people see him, he's like six, eight, he's big. He's not like a skinny kid. No. They, they just go, oh, wow, he should be. And the reality is like what everybody thinks he should be, if he was, he never would have come to Bates. <laughs> He'd be playing in the Ivy League. You know what I mean? He'd right. be a Division One player. Right, so, right. you know, I just know he's somebody with our within our development program. He will be a scholarship-level player by the time he graduates, if not his junior year. But the experience he's getting this year playing legit minutes as a freshman is why he's going to continue to grow and develop because him just being in practice every day, while it's good, you've got to log those minutes in the game. You've yeah. got to do it. And he can throw down the uh, dunk without having to get a running start with all it's nice to see, right? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. He's, he's, it's weird because he's not, like, explosive. Like, you know, like Lynch is pretty, like, explosive when he jumps. The yeah. Twins I had a few years ago, they were really, yeah. like, explosive. Kenny's not, like, he doesn't get up quick, but he gets up plenty high. Yeah. And he's more like when he dunks it. You look at the rim like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah, right. This is this is not probably good. You know, thankfully we have these new hoops because he might be taking the we, whole building down. We did have a hoop break a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. that, was that was insane. Are you old enough to remember Daryl Dawkins? Oh yeah, yeah. Chocolate Thunder. <laughs> the Chocolate Thunder. That guy, yeah, he would shatter. <laughs> oh yeah, he couldn't wait to rip one. Well, yeah, backboards used to shatter all the time with the highlight. Oh, yeah. I don't know That's, what they must have made some adjustments. For he's the reason they put in the collapsible rims. Yeah, I mean, he oh, was yeah. just breaking them all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, I still remember like Shaquille O'Neal when he first came out. Like oh, he just, yeah. you know, shot clock falling on his head, and yeah, no, we have, yeah, that's the game. Yeah, they've had to make that hey, adjustment. Yeah, I, I'm the AD at, at Skowigan. We're playing Mount Blue, and it's a tight game. And they got a kid named Brinkman. He was a big stud football player, like this kid you're talking about. Somehow he got a breakaway, and this is before collapsible rims. He stuffed the ball, and he didn't hang on it, but it just the force of it. We all look up and the it, the rims like you know slanted down like that. We're all looking like, oh yeah, have we got a rim laying around. <laughs> who's got who's got a rim? And it's going to take twenty five minutes. You, oh you yeah, know, you can't. This wicked out of those glass backboards. Yeah, <laughs> I I honestly God, the officials looked at both coaches. They were up pretty big and they said, I I think this one might be over. What do you guys think? And everybody, went, yeah, I think probably. Yeah. Jeez. This year's, this year's class has four seniors, and um, I interviewed Nick Lynch for the Bobcast a few weeks ago, and he mentioned that you know they got most of them have jobs lined up, right? Nick's gonna be working in New York, Hummel's gonna be working in New York. Eli Frater job with Milwaukee Bucks, I heard. So that's yeah. pretty cool to see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, wow. it's great. Yeah, and and uh, he had an internship there with him this summer. Mm -hmm. Eli's got a connection, and and nice. uh, he he's just a grinder. Like it was funny when he came back to campus this fall. And, uh, you know, I have a habit of just, like, texting my guys randomly when I'm awake. And sometimes I forget, like, it's 5.30. I'm just playing with my kids, and most of the world's still sleeping. But Eli was like, he was up, and, we're, and I'm, he's like, hey, I learned a lot this summer about, you know, just getting up and attacking the day before, you know, everyone else really gets up. And just right. the, the mentality he's had has been great. And obviously Nick and Max had the same experience in New York that turned into the jobs. And yeah. Brandon, somebody, he's going to take a gap year right. uh, and go probably go to med school. You know, we're we just kind of always joke in the locker room like, he's he's gonna cure cancer, man. This guy, you know, I love it. He's uh, so they're all going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Oh yeah. So all four seniors, you know, and I and I'm selling that in the recruiting process. Sure. Parents are asking, you know, what are your guys doing next year? And I'm like, well, my seniors have been employed since September. Right. Which is scary, though, right? Because then that's like all they have to do is just graduate, which is like, oh boy, that's uh, <laughs> you know. 
Senioritis. Can yeah, you spell senioritis, woo. baby? But you signed that contract? Good. Yeah, let's make right, sure it's in writing. Right. <laughs> I had a friend in high school, uh, I mean, a really close friend, and he got accepted at Pratt Institute in New York to be a, an architect. And he's once he got accepted, he went. Oh, yeah. They, oh. they pulled his... They pulled his admission. Did they really? When they got his final grades, they went, sorry, pal. That's, was like, that's kind of rare, isn't it? Oh, it was. Well, yeah, and that was awful. I have a, I will leave him nameless, but I have a kid who I recruited who's, who's on our 1,000-point board, so you can probably figure out. But since I've been here, there's only a handful of these guys. Do I know this person? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he, uh, he, he, same thing. He got admitted and yeah. then just had a little bit of a slide. And then he and he texts me. He's like, "Hey, coach, what's the deal with this email from admission saying I have to write a letter on why, oh. what, like why you're having this right. problem?" Yeah. And he's like, "Is it?" I'm like, "Yeah, you should probably take that seriously. You you need to write the essay and you need to get your grades up, man." Yeah. That's you know what that means. Yeah. I'm like, come on, I can't be going to bat for you and then you, you know, <laughs> right. that's on you. That's not on me. Not on mission. I think that's I know who you. that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's one, I, of, it's one of two people. You know? I, yeah, right. Yeah. I really, really shouldn't tell this story on <laughs> on the air, wow. but when I was at Maine, I started in business administration. My, my dad thought I should be a business person. I, I didn't care for it. I didn't care for any of the courses, and I failed a couple right off. So the start of my sophomore year, I keep thinking, I hate this. And uh, finally, I went home like at the break at, at the Christmas time, and, and my mother looked at my dad and said, that's it. He wants to be a teacher and a coach. You know, show what he won't make any money. You know, that's what he wants to do. You know, <laughs> she was right about that. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, <clears throat> my that that fall, I I broke my ankle and my leg the last game of the season at Rhode mm. Island. Really bad. Sixteen weeks, fourteen, sixteen weeks. I was in a cast, non-walking on campus. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go on campus. <laughs> that's what happened. So you can guess what happened to my courses. Yeah. So I get this letter from the dean of students. I'd like to see you on Tuesday afternoon at three thirty. You know, and I'm thinking, what's Dean Stewart want to see me for? You know, no idea. I walk in. He said, Dave, have a seat. He said, I'll make a deal with you. I said, What's that, Dean? He said, If you promise me, you shake my hand, and look me in the eye, because I know I trust you, that you do the best you possibly can on your finals, and I'll. F- try to find a way to keep you in school. <laughs> I went, what? He goes, yeah, you, you think the professors don't call and say, I haven't seen Dave Wing in two weeks. <laughs> he said, it's not like we don't know who you are on campus. Right, yeah. right, right. And I, I'm like, I'm in an absolute, I sweat right through my shit. I'm like, uh, what? You know, how do you go home and tell your folks, well, you know, I'm no longer going to school. I mean, I made the dean's list from then on every single, <laughs> every single time. I, I never even took any chance. I yeah. studied my butt off. I'm pretty sure the next. only reason I never failed a course in college is because of great <laughs> inflation. But. No, yeah, oh but I'll tell you what, you know, going through that, I, I said, I used to say to all my high school kids, hey, look, you know, somebody's going to look at your transcript at some point. And I said, you know what? Every job I applied for, for a principal's job, you know what the first sheet of my of my grade thing, it shows two failed courses right on the front sheet of my resume. Uh, no one's ever asked me for my college transcripts. Oh, thankfully. they did back then. They did. No one. No they, one's back there. then. They did. Thankfully, and I, and I looked at that. it. And it yeah. I failed accounting. I graduated. That's all that matters. Economics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's for a diploma. Yeah, <laughs> I said it's the most embarrassing thing I've ever been through. The school committee's got my transcripts in front of them going. 
what? what? He wants to be the principal here? I mean, yeah, no thanks. I guess if you're working oh. education, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, not not working in, in sports like I am. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. I've, got, I've got a culture now where I'm like, hey, guys, you know what's, you know what's cool? Getting good grades. Yeah. It's not yeah, cool it's, to really like, have is. bad no, you grades. Know what? Being smart is really great. Yeah. It really is. It's going to help you. Boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, Coach, any other thoughts on the games this upcoming week, what you're looking forward to seeing from your team? Yeah, I mean, hopefully tonight we – we shoot the ball well. I mean, I think we're going to get the, the looks we want and, and, and play with the energy that we – I mean, we had a really good practice yesterday. I'm kind of getting sick of saying we have a great practice and then we don't get the results in the game. But I think that's also credit to how like strong the culture is that, that if we just get into the top eight, right, uh, we got a chance to do something special. And then and obviously on Friday at Trinity, we're going to have to like put our hard hats on. I mean, it's going to be a war because both teams are going to be competing for a playoff spot. And even Trinity, if they, if they don't win – even though they have four wins, if they don't win either game this weekend, they could be out. So I think there's four or five teams that are in a must win situation. So it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a crazy process. So never a dull day in the NESCAC. Never. (laughs) So keep your fingers crossed for the right teams to win for us. See if the math falls uh, the Bobcats way. Well, John Furbush, thanks so much for joining us here on the B list as usual. And we'll talk to you in one week and hopefully knock on wood. We'll be talking about an NESCAC tournament bid for Bates. Yes. Thanks Aaron.